Do not feel so You should feel weird. Your face looks bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> you should just only talk from one side of your face. Like this? Yeah, just do a profile the whole time. Yeah, I feel like such a piece of shit. We went through a drive-thru to get coffee. And I'm just yeah, like, you're just like, hey, can I have some coffee? No. I'm, <laughs> dude, I realized that I was just like this. Yeah. And just saying like, thanks. Thanks. Oh my Try God. not to open my mouth. <laughs> I feel like half of Canada is missing at least one. <laughs> accurate or not accurate? No, yeah, it's accurate. Yeah, I thought so. I thought yeah. so. <laughs> it's just, it makes me feel like so white trash, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, that I mean, I'm white trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got you got your scruffy beard growing in because you your your razor blo- broke Monday, and you lost a you lost a tooth. Yeah. I feel like there's there's one more thing that you need to kind of complete the white trash trifecta. What are, what are we missing here that you haven't told me? Oh man, have you been eating out of the garbage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's besides the point, though. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, and that so it was like it was like a year of of like every weekend me and Erin went to hang out. I had like black eyes or like a broken nose or. Did you meet her parents or anything? Mm-mm. No, no, not for like a year. Oh okay, so that was probably for the best. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah definitely. <laughs> I'd have like I'd get hit so hard like here that yeah. my blood vessels in my eyes would break. Yeah, I'd just have like red eye. I mean, it's good to know that you could take a hit. Mm. Yeah, like I know, yeah, I've never been like knocked out. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah. good to like get hit that many many times. I've gotten hit a bunch of times. I never got knocked out. I don't think I've ever fallen down from a hit either. I've, and I'm not a I'm not a big guy, and I've been hit by big guys. Yeah, by uh, Big Larry. Big Larry. I got hit by Big Larry once. Anyone who's from like the New York hardcore scene would know who Big Larry is. He's about oh, really? four times the size of me. <laughs> he hit me with his he hit me with his friggin' meat hook hands. Just like right in the guts. Just folded you over? Yeah. He hit me <laughs> so hard. Not on purpose either. I was just in the line of fire. Oh, and I man. I just got hit so hard. I didn't fall down, but my stomach hurt for like two weeks after that. And you didn't go back for a while? No, I was no, I was yeah, I was back as, as soon as the next show happened. I was there. But I just <laughs> I had to be careful for a little bit. Yeah, man, I think that's a big thing, right? I mean, you've talked about that, like, knowing that you can get punched in the face or... It's good to know that you could take a beat and not and not collapse. Yeah. But I think that goes... That ties into a lot of things, though. Like, if you could, if you could, if you could take some shit and not give up, I think that says a lot for, for you, you know? Yeah. Emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, you know? Yeah, but are you ever worried? Because I think about that a lot. Like, I'm never concerned... When I'm by myself, not because I'm going to protect myself, but knowing like, I don't really care if I get beat up, but to protect the people around you. Sometimes mm-hmm. that, that worries me. Can I do that? I'm not too worried about that. You're not worried about that? Nah, I'm yeah. not too worried about that. I feel pretty confident in myself. Yeah. But you got like a kid, your wife. Yeah. I'm all right like with Like three it. dudes come. Uh, my wife is tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's real tough. Your daughter's an ankle biter. <laughs> my daughter's nuts too. You should see her punch, man. She, we do, um, sometimes, sometimes I'll do some like boxing training and stuff and she'll come with me and they got little mitts there and she'll, she'll, she'll hop in and she'll do it too. She can hit hard, dude. Oh man. I'm not worried about her. I feel like there's a couple of, I feel like there's a handful of men in the design world that my daughter could take out. 
<laughs> I'm like not even joking. <laughs> uh, off, off air. Okay. <laughs> um, man, do you want me to go off this first question here? I mean, you want to do questions, or should we do Halloween? Uh, should we talk? Should we talk Halloween? Yeah, let's talk Halloween. All right, we got some good response from Halloween. I think. I I, I like the response from Halloween mostly because he was pro John, anti Brent. So is this that uh, addressing misinformation? Yes. John ambushes Brent. Yes, I wrote that in the notes. That I will be <laughs> ambushing Brent. <laughs> so, um, my favorite thing from all of our emails. Now, I okay, I will preface this by saying that I you don't realize when you're recording something on the fly um, how easy it is to make a mistake. Mm, and yeah. then, and it like for instance, my my Rocky, my Rocky, uh, when we were talking Rocky, and I said Creed Two came out in January 2016. I was reading Wikipedia, and it said January 2016, and you were just like, "Nah, I think I just saw the trailer like a week ago," and I was like, "I don't know, dude. It says 2016." And then we recorded and mixed and whatever, and I looked back, and it said 2018. I was like, "God damn it! I've been I've I've been made to look a fool by Wikipedia." No, now, I mean. I understand that. I mean, it happens. You make mistakes. Um, so are you going to let mine go? No, because you make too many. And that's where <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I, I just want to say, okay, hold on. We got some emails here. I, I'm going to read some of these emails. Okay. okay. So, um, hey, uncultured guy here. So the guy who called you uncultured and then you went back at. Yeah. Um, he goes, Brent, buddy. Kitty's name is Sully, short for Sullivan, not Sal. Which now hearing that, I remember. I haven't seen Monster. Yeah, and I remembered it the minute I the minute I read that email. I was like, "Fuck!" Right, 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 right. He goes, "I'll just be here to help now." <laughs> On that note, I stand by, by what I say. Brent is uncultured. I just apologize for sounding mean. Really. <laughs> well, he just he's telling you that you're uncultured as shit. He just didn't want to sound rude when he was saying it. Well, you know what, buddy? You did sound really rude. <laughs> and I don't respect you. <laughs> I can't believe... This is, I think this counts as an enemy. I think I'm on, I think I'm on his side. I really do. <laughs> Not for long, okay. though. Here we go. Here we go. Here's another one. Hey, guys. Really love the Halloween show. Being a massive horror fan myself. I must say, it's extremely frustrating. Brent, Brent's lack of exposure to anything. Lawnmower Man... Also, I can't believe nobody picked... Oh, okay. Okay, so then people were saying, like, you should pick these people, you should pick these people. Now, the only thing I have to, the only thing I have to say is that we made a predefined list of 30 monsters. Yeah. And so a lot of people wrote in with, like, some really good suggestions, but they weren't on the predefined list. We tried to make them random. So it was yeah. going to be hard because some of these, you know, are, are like, 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 uncultured guy. He said, why wasn't the thing on that list? Because the thing's easy. There's a lot that are easy. That's why there's no yeah, Dracula, exactly. Frankenstein, Werewolf, The Mummy. We tried to pick like some random ones that maybe weren't even that scary, you know, to try and work with, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, it, to, to, to kind of hear people, you know, coming out and uh, making sure that you know that there's an issue. You know, I think it's important to keep you in your place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue to... Uh... Wait, hold on. I got another one. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was very hard for me to hear Sid from Toy Story referred to as Bud. I mean, I get it. John is a bit older, but Brent, no excuses there. 
Get it together. Dude, what's worse though? Are you a little bit upset that this guy's calling you like an old piece of shit that doesn't know about Toy Story? Brent the intern, zero dinosaurs. <laughs> hey man, you can't rate me with my rating system. You can use it. You put that rating out into the world and it's going to come back and bite you. <laughs> um, um, this person also said that Patrick Bateman would have been best as copywriter. Descriptive inner monologue. Now, I give you a pass on that one because obviously you have no idea what American Psycho is, nor do you know what regular Psycho is. Dude, dude so, after I was looking at that and I was like, how the fuck did I mix these two up? <laughs> <laughs> it is like the name, I think, and, and title of the name and last names of the characters, probably. Yeah, maybe. They really got I don't know. I don't know enough to say, I don't know enough to, to, to say whether that's true or not, and I'm not going to look it up on Wikipedia. For, uh, you know, in fear of sounding like a Brent the intern. <laughs> I also really like how people are calling you BTI. Oh, dude, I love that. You sound like a serial killer. Yeah. I like, I like that nickname. <laughs> you like that. Coming from the guy missing a tooth, eating out of the garbage. <laughs> dude, I'm like self-conscious now right now looking at you. I feel, like, I feel like you're excited to have a tooth missing because it just allows you to eat garbage faster. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to slow me down. <laughs> just shoveling it in the, the tooth yeah, just, just getting it in there, man. You don't even... Look at you. You slip... Okay, hold on. Brent just took a drink out of a, out of a cup with a straw and he put the straw through the tooth hole. <laughs> he didn't even open his teeth. He just shoved it right in the tooth hole. This is disgusting. I just ate lunch. <laughs> this is horrible. This is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> oh, man. Every time we do these podcasts. Um, they keep getting worse and yeah. more disgusting. I'm falling apart slowly. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What was that movie? Oh, my God. Oh, man. There's a movie where there's a... Where the dude's, like, rotting? Yes. What is that? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do. And there's just like pieces that just keep falling off like in each scene. Yeah, yeah, he's he's slowly falling apart. Yeah. Oh my god, what is it? There's like teeth that are falling out and stuff. I swear his like nose falls off though. Yeah. What movie is that? Oh god. It's like ear falls off and shit too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck. And oh. they're like trying to get a cu- they're trying to break the curse before. I can see the guy. I can see Little the guy. Nicky. He's Little Nicky. His dad. That's, his dad not, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? Hold on. You're not even going to know what this movie is. The movie, uh, the movie I'm thinking is Delirious with John Candy from 1991. <laughs> John Candy. Do you not know who John Candy is? <laughs> I, I God think... damn it. He's a Canadian treasure. <laughs> oh, God. Delirious. Delirious. It's a, it's a, um, he's, a, he's a soap opera writer, and he like gets hit on the head or something, and he goes like into like a, a coma or something. And he, he lives out the entire soap opera in his head. And one of the guys who's a character just like goes through this entire thing where like he gets like a weird goiter on his neck and he's like losing teeth and shit like that. Uh, I was like, the reference is totally wasted on you anyway. You know, my reference is way better. Little Nicky. Little Nicky. Which part? Who's it? The devil the is like losing yeah, the, pieces, right? The yeah. dad. It's Satan. Satan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like trying to uh, whatever. Whatever. Fuck that movie. Uh, I picked Delirious as the better choice. Five five dinosaurs with Delirious. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hold on a second. Do you you don't know who John Candy is? 
He is John John Franklin Candy, born on Halloween, nineteen fifty. Was a Canadian comedian and actor known mainly for his work in Hollywood films. I like how they have to specify Hollywood. I know I know him from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and I know him from Home Alone. You know him from Home Alone. Yeah, wasn't in he which he the, in which he has airport. a thirty-five second cameo. Yes, yeah, he the dude plays the Planes, like Trains, and Automobiles. He's the musician, correct? Such it, a strange like you don't know him from Spaceballs or Uncle Buck. Or, like, I don't know, Cool Runnings. You ever hear of Cool Runnings, the Jamaican bobsled team? No. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what's crazy? is like, all my references are, yeah. I realize, like, no one else probably gives a fuck about. They're so strange. I mean, like, oh, my what God. What I grew it's up watching. So odd. So odd. He was also in Rookie of the Year. If you watched it, you would know. I watched the YouTube trailer for Rookie yeah, of the did, Year. Did you see him in the trailer? Because he was probably in that, too. I don't think so. He's it. Oh, God damn it. All right. Everyone who says that Brent is uncultured, you're right. Five dinosaurs <laughs> to all of you guys. <laughs> Seven Dude, dinosaurs to you guys. He died in Mexico? John Candy? Yeah. He, he just skipped over the United States entirely. He's like, I'm going to be born <laughs> in the north part of North America and then die right underneath it. So that was your ambushing me. That was my ambushing you. I just needed to make sure that you knew that everyone was coming hard for you. Here's my problem is I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to like... Uh... I don't think I'll be able to turn it around and actually start learning about these things. I think it would be amazing if you did, but it would not be fun for anyone. If you just started like dropping like crazy knowledge, like yeah. left and right, like everyone would be like, ah, she sucks. <laughs> she yeah. used to be good at the beginning. <laughs> when Brent they, didn't know shit. <laughs> they sold out. Brent got fake shiny teeth, stopped eating garbage and started reading encyclopedias. Fuck this guy. No, just straight Wikipedia pages all day. <laughs> yeah, but you see how that worked out for me. <laughs> yeah, not good at all. Man. <laughs> Dude, the funny thing is, is when you said 2016, I was like, oh shit, I wonder when I see that trailer. I started like you, questioning. You just didn't even know when that happened. No. Yeah. All right. I mean, I can't even argue with that because I, I I had no idea when it was. I, it's, I could have been, who knows? I know that there was like... Uh, some type of award that it received, the first one. In 2016? Uh, maybe. And I know that people were made at Sylvester Stallone because he didn't name like half the people in the movie or something like that in his thank you like speech. 85 years old or whatever. But I think all, I also remember reading like they, they cut him off and went to commercial while he was reading his speech. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then he had, he had to like apologize to a bunch of people. That's the funny thing is, is I was thinking about this. If you won an award like that and you were giving a speech, would your speech go very long i think about that all the time like if i if i was in that situation like when there are people who are just like rattling off like 400 names yeah. and then they start playing the music and everything i'd much rather be the guy that comes out there and it's just like what an honor um thank you to everybody this is great see you next time check my instagram yeah. post for everybody's names yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i just be like i'm out of here you guys are on your own yeah because there's nothing worse than just listening to somebody say a bunch of fucking names yeah, it's no fun. I don't know those people. No. I'm not going to look them up either. You're saying them way too quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand thanking people, you know, but I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> should, we get get into, should we get into the hot minute? Yeah, well. Well, yeah, I cut okay. you off. I wasn't interested in what you were saying. I cut yeah, you I was off. Say, I gave, I gave you Bud. the Oscar ceremony. Thanks to Bud from Toy Story. <laughs> 
Um, thanks, thanks to Jim Candy. Yeah. The Canadian, the Canadian comedian. <laughs> yeah, you want to get into the hot minute? Get into the hot minute. Which really needs a rename. It needs a rebrand. It's a rebrand. Hot minute. Where's that song at? <laughs> it's yeah, the hot minute theme song. I feel like in the last, before we get into this, the last eight, ugh, I feel like the last eight months, I've been slowly, like I used to be able to be like, I'm going to do this and then do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now it's like, I'm going to do this in six months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel like that? Yeah. I don't really know what goes on in my head. To be perfectly honest, I do what I can. <laughs> I think I can do everything in like a day and then I realize like what's going on in my life and then I can't do it yeah. in a day. All right. First question. Yeah. I've been really enjoying Brand by Hand, but I'm curious. Oh, get it on Amazon or, or ContinoBook.com. ContinoBook.com, right? Yes. Well, yeah. Next. Oh, this, this upcoming week, they're going to be for sale with the stickers and the pins and stuff, the packages with signed books. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's coming out. It's going to be on ContinoBook.com. Get it. I got my shipment from the publisher, so I'm ready to go. Where's my uh, sticker pack? Ah, it's in the mail. All right, this, this person asks, Yeah. where do the room, Roman numerals from CXXVI come from? I see 1927 referenced a lot, but I don't see 126 anywhere. That's a really good question. Now, if you know me from back in the day, you would know where 126 comes from. But if you don't, here's the story. Um, here's also a quick funny story. The Actually, hold on. <laughs> Rewind. Okay. Uh, So here's where the story comes from. When I was in high school and I was designing, uh, we're talking mid to late 90s, 96, 97, 98. If you were a designer of any type, designers had more of like a tag name than their own name. Like everyone had like... Like Joshua Davis was PlayStation. Chuck Anderson was no pattern. You know, these are guys that were like contemporaries. Joshua Davis older than me, more, you know, obviously been around a lot longer. But like around that time, everyone kind of had their nickname. And I had various nicknames here and there that were kind of like half screen names, half this, half that, whatever. And I was just like, all right, I got to come up with something decent, you know, um, and I couldn't think of anything because I needed to buy a domain name. I was like, domain name, like people were starting to buy domain names. It wasn't just like GeoCities pages anymore. You know, it was just like it, people wanted to be more professional. And the internet was starting to really kind of turn into something. Yeah. Um, so I went to go buy a domain name and I did, I couldn't figure anything out. So I was just like, I don't want it to be my name because that's not cool to be your name. You know, you got to pick like a crazy tag or something like that. Like, I don't know. And what I did was, I went the most boring way possible and I used my birthday to come up with a name. So it was just, so 126, January 26th is my birthday. So 126 was just January 26th written out in a way that seemed kind of cryptic, you know? And it was, I just wrote it as one word, O-N-E-T-W-E-N-T-Y-S-I-X. Um, then after a while, I started to get bored a little bit, and I started using CXXVI, which were the Roman numerals for 126. So Whoa. then that started to become a thing. And then this is all within the late 90s, early 2000s. And then 
um, I started doing more and more freelance work, and then I was doing it under one26.com. That was my that was my domain for a while, um, and that's where I had like a lot of my actual professional freelance work. And then after you know a few years, um, we started the studio one twenty six. Uh, Matt Gorton and I. We, we started it and we were just like, we spent, I don't know, a month trying to come up with names. Mm-hmm. And I already had the domain name for 126.com, the all spelled out version. And I was like, let's just use that. We'll change it when we come up with something else. Never changed it. So then the, it's time for the clothing company to come around. And we would still use the CXXVR Roman numerals kind of as like secondary branding elements. So the clothing company comes around. We're like, what should we name it? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just use CXXVI until we come up with something good. And we use CXXVI because um, it was very easy to kind of like make a mock hardcore logo out of it. I used the big X in the middle and then C on one side, X on the other side, and then V and I in the top and lower quadrants of the big X. So I was like, all right, that's cool. It's like we're hardcore kids. It's like kind of like a tongue in cheek reference type of thing. You know, like no one's most people aren't going to know what that is. Um, And then you might get called out by a website that thinks it's being funny, but it's not. and um, then that became the name for the clothing brand. So this stupid birthday thing went from like a, like a placeholder to a placeholder to a placeholder. And each time became a more and more legitimate business, which is really weird. And one of the sales guys that used to work with us, people would come up to, them, come up to him and be like, so what does CXXVI mean? And he, I would tell him all the time what it meant. And he couldn't remember. So he'd be like, oh, that was the date that they founded the company. And I was like, no, dude. (laughs) And then like people would come up to me and be like, oh, really interesting name. And like, I like the story behind it. I was like, oh, you know the story. And they were like, yeah, that's the day you founded the company. I was like, no. I was like, who told you that? And they're like, oh, you're sales guy. And I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) So then I'd have to go talk to him and be like, listen, I'm not going to tell you again. This is, this is why it's called 126. or this is why it's called CXXVI, whatever. And um, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. And he would never remember. And no one would ever remember what it was. Um, so it was like kind of like the best worst name because like people wouldn't forget what CXXVI was because it was weird. And they, but they also, they also didn't forget because they couldn't remember what it was. They were like, ah, it's that like CXVXI company or something, yeah. right? So no one could ever remember what it was, but they always remembered who it was. So it was like a really good name, but a really bad name at the same time. The 1927 thing, um, kind of was like multi-tiered. It was like around the time when it was almost like the average year of our grandparents' birth. Um, so it was like a cool way to kind of like tie in like kind of like an older generation into the stuff that we were doing since it was like very like heritage, old school throwback type stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was also kind of like little like, you know, little like tongue in cheek reference to Yankees 1927 team, which is like known as one of the greatest baseball teams of all time. That's so I was, something else I know nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever hear of Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig? Who? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so that's that's where, the, that's where those numbers come from. I mean, in in general, they don't really mean anything. Um, but for a while, they became, uh, they became a brand. Yeah. There you go. There's the secret. It's been blown wide open. Mine was... Uh... Bubblegum sneaker. That's in, cool. In 2000. No wonder why you used to get hit in the face a lot. 
<laughs> I just love drawing like this this sneaker uh-huh. with bubble gum. Like stuck to it? Yeah. yeah. Like to the floor? Yeah. yeah with like, like a line? Sheet. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm yeah. into that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I used to draw it in paint with like a, a four by six Wacom tablet that I, yeah. that I had. Oh, I used to have one of those too. Did you? The, like the little it, picture? In, the Intuos 3 or something like that? Was that... No, mine was way cheaper than that. It was like $99. Okay, maybe it was. It was like right? dark blue or something like that. Mine was like maroon or something. It had a couple different colors. Did they? Yeah. Damn. I got mine in... Wait, when, when did you do that? Like 2000... It would have been like 2000... 2005. Somewhere in there. Okay, yeah. I had mine like 2001. Yeah. I think. Got mine That's when... That's when I thought like tablets were going to like revolutionize the way that I draw, but I hated it so much. I couldn't get over like looking at a screen and mm-hmm. drawing. Oh man, I just couldn't get over that. I don't know how people do that. Yeah. I, I don't People swear by it too. I just, I have such a disconnect. I can't do it. You know what I used to do? I used to, mine would unclip so you could slide a piece of paper between the touch screen mm-hmm. and, the, mm-hmm. and I would do a drawing on a piece of paper, slide and it in. And trace it? Yeah, and trace it. It was. What a waste of time. It was so ridiculous. Total waste of time. Yeah. Who cares about that? I used to. Yeah, that was such a waste. Yeah. And then I got the, I got the big I got the big Wacom too, and I know other people say Wacom, but I don't like I don't like, I like that. Wacom. I say Wacom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got the big one, like the big like twelve inch one or whatever it was. It's like gray and it has like all those buttons on it, so you could like I don't know. Did that it have thing, the screen used, on it? No, it did not. The Cintiq. Okay, I had the Cintiq. Yeah, I didn't have the Cintiq. I wasn't fancy like that. Trash. It was trash. Yeah, so many people swear by that too, and I see them just like nah. I got yeah. my iPad Pro, man. That thing is a beast. Yeah, I love that thing. Yeah, I can't wait to get the new one. That new one looks sick. I haven't got it yet. I haven't ordered it or anything. I haven't seen it park. Yeah, no, I um, I'm I'm uh, I'm letting that be a, a Christmas present because everyone's always like, "There's nothing to get you for Christmas." Yeah. So I was like, "You guys can get me that." This is a fucked up dream I had last night. Mm. I had a dream I had my laptop and my iPad and my pencil all in a backpack and for some reason I left it in a gym Yeah. and I came back and just it was all gone mm-hmm. and I was like fuck man that's got all of this all my client work I'm fucked and do you then not I was like, utilize the cloud? no I do but in my yeah. dream there was no such thing as Dropbox it yeah, was yeah, gone yeah. Yeah. and I was like Looking at my bank account, I was like, all right, I just got to like put out a fucking thing saying if anyone gets this back, I'll give them like five grand. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can just get a new iPad now. I don't have to feel bad about it. Oh, so that was, you had a dream rationalizing buying a new iPad. Yeah. So now today, after we're done recording, you're going to go to the gym with your shit and just leave just it leave out it. there <laughs> with like a sign that says, please take. Do not take, but <laughs> actually take. <laughs> <laughs> please don't take, please. <laughs> iPad, MacBook. Yeah. <laughs> Do not take. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to get that. It looks so sick. Ah, uh, dude. When you told me about it, I was I really didn't want to watch any videos. Just cuz I know I'm going to want it. It looks amazing. It looks so cool. I w- I will go out on a limb and say the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil with Procreate is maybe the biggest technological, uh, like, I don't know, thing to ever have an impact on me the way, like, like nothing has impacted me the way that those three things together have impacted my work. It's, 
For me, it's me going digital. It's the first time I ever went Mm -hmm. digital with drawing. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've tried it before, but it's never stuck. Yeah. It's, It's legit now, man. It's like... It just, I feel like, I feel like it makes me better because it, it lets me be more confident without getting frustrated with having to constantly redo mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can draw it like you're drawing on a fucking notebook on the corner of a page or something like that. Yeah. I could take more chances and know that I can, I can go as wild and crazy as I want without like, without having to recreate something that I like, like I always talk about like the first mark on the page is the best one. Yeah. You know, you can have that every time with the iPad because it's literally just like creating the new layer and then just going to town with it and just, and letting that first mark happen over and over and over again. Yeah. So this is actually something that I, so you still take though from procreate and I don't know if you want to talk about this and then you make it a vector. Yes. Why aren't you just drawing things to scale? I do that sometimes. Oh, you do? I do that sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes you need a vector. Yeah, definitely. You know, like if I'm doing t-shirt designs or logos, like you still need vectors. Yeah. You know. Do you for t-shirts though? You don't, but I I usually do because it makes my life easier when I'm playing with colors and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. You know. That's true. And I still follow the exact same, um, my, my, my kind of like path, like my path of creation is exactly the same with the iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I still do live trace with all my different settings and all that shit. And the only thing that I cut out is the scanner and like cleaning it in Photoshop. Yeah. It's the only thing that's different. And that used to take so much time. Dude, new iPad Pro, Photoshop, the legit Photoshop. I'm very, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I'll be more happy when they have legit Illustrator on the iPad Pro. But Yeah, yeah, that's true. I you don't know? use Photoshop too much, but I, I guess I'm rationalizing it with doing motion graphics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really. I mean, Photoshop is good for what it is, but I use Photoshop for like three things. Are they not bringing out Illustrator? I think eventually they are. They should. They should sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, that's. I, I feel like Illustrator. I don't know if if you're an if you're an Illustrator. I don't know. I guess not because a lot of people do digital painting and shit like that. But on the pro- professional side of things, with like illustration and graphic design, Illustrator is way more vital. I think. Yeah. Unless you're you a know? concept artist or something like that. There's that other one, though, that's like uh, Affinity Designer, which is the vector. Uh, it's kind of like an illustrator. Mm-hmm. It can't, It just came out a few months ago. It's pretty good. You and can draw right into it with like like vector drawing, and it feels like Procreate. Really? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I haven't used it to that extent enough yet um, because my workflow is so locked in right now. But yeah. As soon as I have a little bit of free time, maybe in the next 25 years, I'm going to try it. <laughs> next 25. Dude, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be yeah. so upset when Procreate gets like bought out by Adobe or something like that. I keep worrying about that every yeah. single day. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they don't cave. I hope not either. All right. Uh, hot minute question two. Hot minute. Here we go. <laughs> Paragraph number one. Yeah. Seriously <laughs> enjoying your book. It's yes. such great insight to, the pro- to your process and how you started out. Contino.book.com or Amazon. Go buy it. I especially like the part which you also mentioned in the first episode of your podcast about how you forgot drawing is fun and that this job is fun. I just started doing lettering, been doing it for almost four months now. I'm being trained for by my dad, Jason Smith from Font Smith. Do you know Jason mm. Smith? I don't know him personally, but I definitely know Font Smith. Okay. 
and getting loads of tips from everyone else around the office when they have the time to look at what I'm doing. I am now starting to put together a portfolio so it's ready by January when I make this my career. Hope you don't mind me asking, but do you have any advice on how to get started? Getting my first job? What you think would be good to see in a portfolio? What people could you recommend me looking at? Books to read? Any advice at all would be much appreciated. It's a very loaded question for Did you hear my minute. whistling throughout that entire question? Yeah, it's embarrassing. It is. <laughs> Don't look at me when I'm when I'm reading these. Right? I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. <laughs> Disgustingly. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take this uh, piece by piece. Yeah. So so this guy is getting legitimate training mm-hmm. uh, by someone who is number one, very close to him, his dad. And number two, knows what he's doing, yeah, which is great because he's going to learn a lot more than most people who are just kind of coming at it cold turkey. Um, yes, exactly. Um, now, the thing is, is that this he will probably learn a lot of the ins and outs about typography that will be necessary to make his lettering work better than most. Now... My eyebrow goes up very quickly because I hate to hear anyone want to make lettering their career because I feel like it shouldn't be. I feel like lettering was a career for five years and now it's not. Now it's a skill. Um, I think that you need to be able to be a little bit more well-rounded because so many people have picked up on what lettering can offer in the world of design in general, that you cannot just be an expert in lettering anymore without being an expert in something else. Like, uh, there, you know, there, there's, there are people out there that were experts in lettering or are experts in lettering and they focus a lot on, um, logo design now, you know? using their, their skills and lettering for logo design. Now, to be able to train for half a year and then try to go out there and think that you're going to compete with them is crazy because these are people who have been doing it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, you have to really build your way up to that point. Um, not to say you can't do it, but I think that's something you need to remember is that uh, it's it, that is a very tough career to just say, this is what I want to be. Like for me, what I wanted to be uh, in 2002 was um, a designer for music packaging. Yeah, I wanted that to be my life. You know, I wanted to like win Grammys for like record layouts and shit like that or CD layouts. But then the iPad, the iPod came out and everyone was downloading MP3s and nobody was buying CDs anymore. So that just went out the window. Like the music packaging, making a career off of that, it just was reserved to the people who were the absolute best at it and they were making half of what they were making before, mm-hmm. you know? So it was a, it was a dead career at that point. So I had to shift gears. So I think when, when you're, when you're obsessed with something like this, it's great to become really good at it and to learn about it and to, um, add it to your arsenal, you know, of, of what you can do as a creative person. But I don't think it's smart to, for it to be the only thing you do. And I think a good example of that is seeing that, you know, 
you had your tiers of lettering artists. You had your top tier, your second tier, your third tier. You had your first wave, your second wave, your third wave. And a lot of those people who only focused on lettering didn't really make a transition into other stuff once the lettering trend kind of died out. You see a lot of people working with murals now. It's just like, okay, that's great that they're hired to do murals. Like for me, I could have never done that because I hate doing murals. Yeah. But that's the that's the transition that they made. They went from like lettering to almost like sign painter because it was it was a, a like a like a, a parallel career that made sense for what they were doing. Now for me, I always wanted to just be a straight up designer, creative director, like I wanted to like lead bigger thought processes. You know, I wanted to I wanted to get involved in narrative and work with people who did video and photography and motion and do, you know, like just try to get involved with everything. I kind of made lettering my thing for a while because it was there and I knew that I knew how to do it. So I was just like, let me try this. Let me see if I could get anywhere with this. And I, I, I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. Um, but I also think that it's not, it's just not the same landscape that it was then that it is now. Um, so my advice is to not put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your eggs in the lettering basket. Yeah. I think get great at it and allow that to be a weapon, but don't make it the only thing that you can do. Um, and if it is the only thing you can do, show how you can do it expertly in logo design. I think that is super important. Or if you can combine it with some sort of illustration and show how you can use it for book covers or t-shirts or whatever. Um, you need to be able to show it in a different context besides just lettering, because I think lettering by itself is not gonna cut it anymore. I think too many people are too familiar with it. People aren't surprised by it. People aren't in awe of it anymore. People get it, people understand it. Yeah. Um, there are kids in high schools and middle schools and even elementary schools who are just into lettering now. So it's no longer like this magic thing that it once was. Um, so you're not going to be able to kind of come out of the gate and blow people's minds just by doing that. So you really need to have at least one other thing to combine with it to make sure that you're able to show people why your work is different and special than the next person who's a lettering specialist, you know? Um, so it probably is not an answer that people want to hear, but I think that's the truth. You know, that's like the honest truth. It's just like this stuff comes in waves and if, you, if you're not there to write it, then you have to come in and show what you're doing different to make people pay attention to you. Yeah. So especially if you're young and designers and stuff like that, you can't screw around. You got you to gotta understand that like all these things, they come and go and you have to take advantage of them when they're there. And if they're not there, you have to prove why you are the best and why someone should pick you over someone else. Damn, man. I mean... I I have to agree just because I haven't done any lettering under you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I haven't touched any, anything. And I, I would say that I came at it from the same kind of perspective as like, I wanted to do lettering mm -hmm. and now I don't, right. if that makes sense. I want to be good it, at it, but there's it so doesn't mean, more. it doesn't mean that you can't. Yeah. It just means that you are not doing it as a main thing right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm happy, though, about that, if that makes sense, that I'm starting to understand that. It does. I mean, you, what you want to be, you want to be a well-rounded well designer. That's the goal. I mean, that's kind of like, all these things I can always 
relate back to just like being human. You want to be a well-rounded person. You don't want to just be one person who's good at everything. Like you, you don't want to be the person who's like awesome at one thing. And then you go to parties and everyone's just like trying to like chill and have fun or whatever and talk about stuff. And you can only talk about that one thing. No one wants to be around you. You know, you got to be well-rounded, like be well-versed in a lot of different things. so You can bounce and be flexible. We talked about this on another podcast, which was like, do you want to be a a generalist or a specialist? And and I guess what you're saying is you have to be a generalist before you can be a specialist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have you have to be able to know how to do a lot of things so mm-hmm. that you can be flexible. And that when you do become kind of that specialist, it doesn't mean you can't do the other things. You can just apply your specialty to all those other things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, and also though, do you know how many times I'm at a party sitting there and I don't want to talk because I'm uncultured? Yeah, I can only imagine. Plus, everyone's just like, oh, let's talk to Brent. And then you're just like, hey, guys. And they see your missing teeth and like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) Dude, I have the most teeth in Canada. Yes. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Twelve. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was a quick one. That That was a quick hot minute. That was a quick hot minute. All right, you ready for this next one? Yeah, we got another one. Let's do it. I'm going to whistle my way through this one. Yeah, whistle. Whistle while you work. <laughs> <laughs> Loving the show as always. Thank I you. I know you've... All right. Well, <laughs> done. Next question. <laughs> I know you spoke about plagiarism before, but here's the situation I'm in. I work as an illustrator for a clothing company and freelance illustration logo identity on the side. So my style has been diluted a lot because I don't work in as much. I don't understand what that means. I, I think he. I, I think they mean I don't. I don't get to work my style into the work as much as I would like to because this person works for a clothing company, whatever. There's probably like a lot of things that come in where it's like it has to look like this. It has to look like that. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, no problem. I got you. But I do believe my style has developed as I've grown as a person <laughs> designer. But, but because of the sea no, of copycat, <laughs> sorry, what? No, go ahead, keep going. <laughs> because of the sea of copycat designers, every time I go to draw something from reference or use something as inspiration, my brain floods with doubt, and I can't get the juices flowing. I'm not saying I'm the most original person, but I don't want to be one of these retro matchbox designers. Mm. I do force work out of myself in these situations, but. Um, but I'm worried I've broke myself because my ideas just aren't flowing as much. I think I need to switch off the internet. Well, that's a good choice. Switching mm-hmm. off the internet is a good choice. Every, t- every time like we get really busy and I don't even have two seconds to just like read the news, my life is much better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's, that's number one. So sometimes switching off the internet is good because it just like, it, it frees you from all of the crap that's just flooding. And that's like... That's like the news being shitty. That's like the world of entertainment being annoying. That's just the the world of copycats constantly just like flooding every creative platform there is. Sometimes it's good to just step away and just be like, and go back to a simpler time when people just came up with ideas by staring into the sky and looking at clouds, you know? Um, if you are working for a company that requires you to do... Style A, style B, style C, style D, it definitely is going to have an impact 
on you flourishing as a as a unique individual for mm-hmm. sure. But if you are working as a freelancer on the side, you still have that ability to kind of take out your creative frustrations on that work. So if you're at work and someone's just like, we need everything to look like, I don't know, like anime this week. And you're like, cool. Like for a second, you're like, awesome. I've never drawn anime before. I'm going to learn how to do it. And by Friday, you're just like, I don't ever want to do this again. This is the worst shit in the world, you know? Um, but then by Saturday, you get some freelance jobs. It's your, it's your time to shine. It's your time to let loose and just kind of let it flow. Um, my, my suggestion would be just like, just don't look at the internet. Don't worry about what other people are doing. You know, I, I think that's the problem. It's like everyone is so concerned about what other people are doing and not even like a way where it's just like that they're afraid to have their own ideas, but just because there's just so much out there, like you don't know what idea has been done already, you know? And there's been maybe one or two times in my career where I've fleshed out an entire identity only to find that running parallel at the same time without knowing we were doing the same thing, someone else designed something almost almost identical for a different company in a different industry. Yeah. And they would come out at the same time and we would like email each other and be like, oh my God, like that's just it. Sometimes there are parallel trains of thought that just happen. Mm-hmm. There's no way to stop that, you know? So my suggestion would just be to like have your own ideas let them flow. Don't look at the internet. Don't look at what other people are doing. Look at stuff that doesn't have to do with what you're doing. Don't look at other illustrators. Find other means of inspiration. You can like look at movies, look at TV shows, look at old magazines, look at, uh, I don't know, anywhere that, anywhere that there's creativity that's not a contemporary peer, you know, like that's doing the same thing. It's, yeah. I, I think that's the best way to do it. And then once you start finalizing things, then go out there and start like, looking at shit and like if you're if you're doing it on your own you're going to start developing a voice you know if you're just like i'm not going to look at anybody else's stuff i'm only going to look at what i want to look at i'm only going to do my thing draw on my stuff my ideas and just go with it and a lot of that other stuff is not going to bleed in because you're just going to you're going to get stuck in your own head and you're just going to be doing your own thing and eventually that own thing will become your own style and will become your own voice Um, And then when you're able to like look at 10 separate pieces or 20 separate pieces together, it'll feel like something that's that's a a unique collection of thoughts and executions. Now, when you take it and you compare it to someone else's work, maybe you'll see a little crossover here and a little crossover there. But as a whole, it's going to look different. So you don't have to worry about what other people are doing as, as long as you are kind of like getting lost in yourself for a little, a little while and seeing how far you can push those ideas that are rattling around your head. Yeah. Eventually there's going to be, even if it's like someone else's stuff that's bouncing around your head, eventually your brain is going to be like, I don't agree with this. I want to go left instead of going right. And once you take that turn, it's going to open up a whole new set of doors. And then there's a whole new thing. A whole new thing is just going to start evolving from that. And eventually that style will come out. You won't have to feel so concerned that you're just like treading over common ground, you know? Damn. God damn it. <laughs> Worst co-host ever. Got nothing to add. <laughs> I shouldn't have picked an intern to co-host you know this with me. I just I just recently <laughs> did that. Which is I just got a big mural job. Not interested. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next question. 
Um, Tell me about your mural job, Brent. Me and you were kind of talking through it while I started it. And I kind of did the same thing. It was like, I, it was kind of like, I just didn't look at anything else and I just blasted through the work. Yeah. I mean, you think about the greatest artists in history, Mm -hmm. right? They all have references of some kind, but a lot of these people are basically like in a room with no windows for 500 days straight, just doing things. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you look at, like, some of those posters that were coming out of, like, the Cold War in Russia. Like, Mm -hmm. these isolated designers. Yeah. With no external influence or... Right. It's, like, extreme... That's that's so interesting. I mean, I always go back to music, like, in the hardcore scene. Like, before the internet, you would always know who's a band from Long Island. Who's a band from Western Long Island versus Eastern Long Island. Who's a band from Florida. Who's a band from Tampa or Orlando. Who's from Chicago. Who's from Boston. Who's from Worcester. You know, like you could pinpoint neighborhoods because of the isolation effect. Now, isolationism is not a good thing, but to an extent, you need a little bit of that to help develop this weird, unique little thing so that you can then take it and bring it out to the rest of the world and kind of help share these different viewpoints. I feel like being isolated is is not what anyone wants. I don't think it helps advance anything if you're if you're if you're isolated. Mm-hmm. But I think a certain amount of isolation is good to at least allow your ideas to flourish first and then kind of like really see themselves through. And then you take it and then you bring it to the rest of the world and then you show them like here's my color red and then they're like here's my color blue, here's my color green. You know like this is all these things that are completely and totally different from one another but will share threads of the same thought process. Yeah. You know? So as long as you're able to see the idea through, ignore the rest of the world for a second and then take it out and then share it with everyone else, then I think you're really going to start to see how, you know, it can snowball into something that's a thought process that you can say it's uniquely yours. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You need yeah. to like go out, experience the world, come back and know who you are. But you right. can't do that until you like you got to let go of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Like, like it, it's almost just like if you are, if you're, a, if you're a politician, right? Or if you're someone who's reading about politics, Ugh. you read, you read, yeah, exactly. You read the news and you say, okay, well, I don't agree with this, but I also don't agree with the opposite side. I yeah. agree with this one and I agree with the opposite side. And you can't really make a decision up until you go out there and you experience those things and you really start to get involved with what those things are that you feel are either positive or negative and then see how it personally affects you. And then you can make a real true decision about how you feel. And I think, you know, like you can apply that to basically any spectrum of life. You know, you could say the same about going to restaurants and, you know, you could try every single type of food. One might be your favorite. They all might be your favorite. But you don't know until you go out there and you ignore everything else. Like, Like you don't go to a restaurant and order... Mexican and Chinese and Italian and South American and whatever and just say that's one meal yeah, yeah. you know what I mean you, you yeah. pick one you go with it you'd say whether you like it or not and then you say okay I'm gonna go back to the restaurant or I'm gonna pick a different one yeah you know yeah, yeah definitely and definitely. you can apply that to anything anything because everything is different everything has its own there's a spectrum to every single aspect of life and you just have to kind of go through and experience each one before you can decide what's true for you and what's not true for you yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'm definitely yeah. at a point right now where I don't know. Like, my ideas are just like other people's right. ideas right now. Right. And I mean, that's what happens. I mean, the the younger you are, generally, that's what... Like, I remember there was a kid 
that I went to college with who was maybe a year younger than me. And his, um, his illustration work was unlike anything I've ever seen. And I remember looking at him and just being like, how do you have such unique ideas for such a young person? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that's the thing that floored me. Cause I was like, this kid's younger than me. He's, he's like unbelievable. His style, his skill, everything is just so unique. I, I just didn't know where it came from. And that type of person is one in a million. Yeah. But those people also might not make anything of themselves. Which is so fucking weird, man. Well, it almost seems like those type of people burn out faster than everybody else. Yes. Because yeah. they go, they, they just like, they, they burn so bright so quick and then nothing comes from it because then they're just done. Yeah. You know? That is I like, interesting. Yeah. I like the slow burn better. I like the gradually finding more and more and more and more and more and more, you know? Like you yeah. can look at Picasso, right? That's a good example because everybody knows what Picasso looks like. You, you, you're familiar with Picasso, right? Yeah, just yeah. Our university yeah, okay. here just got a bunch of Picasso paintings, and I went and seen him a few weeks ago. So. Oh, so you just heard of him like a week ago? Yeah, last week. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at like if you look at Picasso's oldest stuff, it's like realism mm-hmm. versus you know like like and then you you if you look at his first to his last, and then you look at everything in between, it's amazing to witness the progression. Yeah, because I, I think that's that's what's so interesting about it. So you can think that there's, and, and I mean I'm sure he could have said the same thing about being influenced early on. Yeah, because who he was as an artist by the end is much different than who he was as an artist at the beginning. So it's the it's is it influence? Is it the is it the rejection of influence? Like wh- what is all those things? Like you got to take all those things into account and uh, appreciate them for what they are and what the effect is on you. Like. Maybe you are being frustrated by the amount of copycats out there and the amount of like people who are just kind of doing the same thing. Maybe your rejection of that helps to define your style. Maybe everyone's doing something that looks like a like a um, you know like a like a line drawing from the from a fifties you know like I don't know drill instruction booklet or something yeah i don't yeah, know yeah. you know you know what i mean yeah like, yeah like those old like, sewing books and shit like that. yeah like yeah. i mean it's just like some stupid thing like from the 60s and everyone's like kind of got their their like stamp on it you know and you're just like i don't want to do that then maybe you just go 180 degrees and just go the you know like and start just being like instead of being like like doing like these tight lockups like maybe i just want to do something wild just because yeah. i don't want to be like all these people so that influence can still be a good thing it's just, it's just pushing you in the other direction to try and figure out something else that feels more you. There's so many ways to look at it because it's so, it's just a matter of what your response is to that. Yeah. So being frustrated is not the best response unless you act on it. If you just sit there and you're frustrated with it, and then you don't do anything about it, then you're not, you're not, you're, it's not worth it for you to continue. But if you're frustrated by it, and you say this influence is either making me want to do this style better or it's making me want to go completely in the opposite direction of that style, it's still influencing you to, to come up with a unique idea for yourself to approach in a different way. So it will help you to develop a style in one way or another, but you just have to make sure that you act on your impulses. Man, you made that sound really easy. Yeah, it is easy. No, man, that's like the hardest, <laughs> that's the hardest part right there. You have to... I mean, that's so many levels too, right? Like just being comfortable with who you are. Well, that's the problem. I mean, it's just like, 
failing helps. Yeah. If you fail, just like we were talking about, like getting punched in the face. Yeah. If you get punched in the face and you get back up again, you know you're okay. You're not dead. You survived. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. If you fail and you get up and you try again, you're not dead. It's not the end of the world. The more and more you fail and the more and more you get up, the more comfortable life becomes. Because you know no matter how bad things get, there's always a, there's always tomorrow, you know? And it, to know that there's always a tomorrow makes everything you do today feel less vital. You know what I mean? Yeah. It has less of an impact on on your stress level if you know that there's always a tomorrow and there's always a chance to try to, to start again. But you know what? My generation, I feel like, has not experienced that. And maybe like our parents have, and mm-hmm. you, and maybe you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've definitely you've talked about your companies like not working, right? And you be. I mean, I've, I've, def- I've definitely failed more than I've succeeded. Yeah, and see, and that's the funny thing because no one looking at you would think that. I know I don't. I don't look at right. you and think that you failed a whole bunch. I mean, I look at I look at myself and I like I see if if I were to analyze myself, I would see a person who has a good idea of what he wants to do is working towards what he wants to do, but is still a whole bucket full of failures and no, like nothing to say that is a, a, is, is like truly succeeding, you know, like I know I'm doing things. I know I'm doing a, a handful of things well and in the right direction, but I don't know if I would call any of them a success yet. See, and maybe uh, it's funny because, I mean, I would, and I think a lot of people would, but maybe mm-hmm. that's that's why you are succeeding is that inability to recognize or to be to be accepting of of your success. Well, it's almost just like if if you say, okay, I accomplished this, then what's the point of doing it again? Yeah. You know. So, like, my my goals are much greater than where I'm at right now. So I haven't succeeded in any of the goals that I have as as a professional. Yeah. So to me, since I haven't achieved those goals yet, my my failures far outweigh my successes. So then what would you say to somebody like me who I mean I've definitely I'm I'm not successful at all yet, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like I've failed necessarily. Mm. It, and that's a scary feeling. Do you know what I mean? I mean, have you not read the emails that come in? <laughs> <laughs> I just guess I mean like I went to school. I came out of school. I, I didn't necessarily like think I was going to be a designer. Like that that mm-hmm. was a struggle. But then, you know, I got a job eventually. Yeah. So it's like maybe, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it's bad because I have an inability to recognize I guess I failed, but I just like, I'm like, okay, whatever. I failed. I feel like if you can't recognize a failure, you're not taking enough chances. That's what I would say. Yeah. Every time I've had a failure has been a major leap of faith. Just like, let's try it. Let's go for it. And it didn't work out. I landed hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the bigger, the bigger, the risk, the harder the failure. You know what I mean? And if you go the opposite direction, if you take less of a risk, the failure, you're not going to feel the failure. If you're just like, let me try this. Let me try purple lettering on this and send it to the client. They go, we don't like purple. And you go, all right. 
Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you no, know like, what I mean? Yeah, dude. I don't. You're right. I don't think it's I'm. Like, I'm all right. That's not a failure. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh. a bummer. Yeah. If you I have guess. a six, if you have a series of bummers versus a series of failures, it's two very different things. Man, I don't know. I'm really happy with where where I'm heading and where I'm at right now. And is that bad? No, it's not bad. It's not bad, but it depends on where you want to be. Like if you have if you have really really great aspirations of who you want to be, what you want to be, what you want to be doing, then then yeah, maybe it's not the best thing in the world to just be like, ah, I've never really failed. I'm kind of everything's been kind of okay. I feel like he, like that's not much of a story to tell at the end. Of, like when you're on your deathbed and and you yeah. know there are people standing around you that they're like, what are the this is some of the greatest things to have ever happened to you? And well, and you could just be like I had a really good ice cream sundae once. <laughs> Got a little bit of an ice cream headache, but it was all right. In the end, it was delicious. You know, like, where's so, your story? No, what so makes I guess it special? I do want to go a lot further than this. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I'm not happy with where I'm at right now, but happy is the wrong word, right? It's like I'm just content where, yeah. where I'm at and where I'm heading. But I know this you're, isn't what I want. Right. And you're, you're comfortable. Yeah, right? which is scary. Comfortable is bad. It's fucking terrifying. It's very bad. And I will say this. When we had Joe on a couple episodes ago, he was saying kind of the same thing. Whenever you get comfortable is when you get weak. And that's when something can, that's when a bad thing happens can really, you know, knock the wind out of you. Mm -hmm. Every time I've ever gotten comfortable, I have failed the worst I could ever have failed. And it hurts. And that's why I work 400 hours a day. 900 days a year like I don't I never want to be I never want to be sitting back and smelling the roses because as soon as you do that is when someone comes up behind you and hits you with a baseball bat you know oh yeah and see and I definitely (laughs) don't sit around and smell the roses like I don't feel like me and you talk about this all the time is I don't feel like I'm I'm at a point where I can be proud of anything that I've done right I don't know man that's a weird situation it's it just you know it, it really it really has a lot to do with how how much of a thing you want this to become in your life. Like for me, it is my life. It's my life. Period. I have my family. I have my work. My work is my life. My family is the is the best part of my life. But the work is who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you are if you are the type of person who physically can't be like that and i'm not saying that everyone can or that everyone should but if you physically can't be like that then your failures in that world are going to be much less painful because every single failure that i have is basically saying my entire life is a failure because my work is my life so every time something bad happens it's it happens to all of my life i don't clock out and go home and get a drink with my friends and go, man, today sucked. Yeah. I sit on my couch with my hands, with my head in my hands saying, why is my life worthless? Why am I an awful human being? Why have I failed again? Like, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a critique on me as a whole, not just me as a piece. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, t- I wouldn't have it on the other way because that's how I know I'm put, I put all of everything that I have into what I do. For every job, no matter how small, how big, free, paid, it doesn't matter. Every single piece of me goes into it. 
And every time something bad happens to it, it it hits me in the heart, the hardest way that it possibly can. God damn, man. There's yeah. um. Do you, you ever hear the show Boardwalk Empire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. With uh, it's Christian uh, Christian Walker or uh, Christian Walker, uh, fucking. Christian Walker, what the <laughs> shit? You tried to say Christopher Walker? Yeah, I did. No, no, Steve Buscemi. Oh, Steve Buscemi, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, that's Dan. <laughs> so, okay, hold on a second. Oh, you got to go to Wikipedia now or what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if I could find that. I'm trying to see the um, the episode because I feel like it's a good... It's season three of of um, of Boardwalk Empire. Um, so okay, so Steve Buscemi is the main character, and there's a there's a guy by the name of Jip Rossetti, played by Bobby Cannavale, who comes in, and he's like this crazy, this this well surprise surprise like crazy Sicilian from New York, yeah, totally wild man. So. Um, so Steve Buscemi plays a guy by the name of Nucky Thompson who basically runs Atlantic City. And he's involved with kind of like all of the high-end mob shit. This guy, Jip Rossetti, comes in and he's a loose cannon. He's nuts, you know. And he comes into this meeting. He wants to get booze so he can distribute it in Brooklyn or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's coming to the source. Everyone else is very professional. He's very hot-headed. And there's a part where they're trying to protect themselves because the FBI is after them, whatever. And they're trying to make sure that they can keep, you know, the illegal alcohol running throughout Prohibition. So one of the things is that they had a close call. And Nucky Thompson says to everybody, anything that's going to be sold is going to come through me and then this person. Everything else is off limits for now until the heat dies down or whatever. So Jip Rossetti's taking it personally, you know? He's just like, well, just sell it to me. I need to sell booze too, you know? Um, and Nucky Thompson's like, he's like, it's nothing personal. He's like, but I, I'm not selling to you, right? So then there's this whole thing that if you, um, if you go into YouTube, you type in Jip Rossetti personal, there's this whole, it, you'll see the whole thing where he's basically like, um, he's sitting there and they're, on the, they're in the car on the way back to New York from Atlantic City. And he's just like ruminating on it. He's getting so pissed. He goes, nothing personal. He goes, he goes, he goes, I'm a person. He's like, what the fuck is life is it, if it isn't personal? You know, yeah. like if you're a person, it's personal. Like it's not just business. We're people. It's personal. And that's how I feel about it. Like maybe that's a little out of control to think that way. No, you know, I don't think so. To not be able to separate business with, with personal stuff. But to me, everything is personal. Because it is me. I cannot separate it. It's it's everything I do is my full heart and soul. It is it is personal, top to bottom. I take it all personally because I put my entire soul into what I do. So if there's a critique on the work, there's a critique on me, and I got to deal with that. So that's kind of like that's the way I look at all that stuff. That's interesting, man. I think that's a really good place to to be. I I would think. It's a hard place to be because then you 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 have a emotional you have emotional roller coasters with every single job that happens, you know. Yeah. Like I'm working, we're working on a rebrand right now, right? And this is the same thing that happened with the cover of my book. I had two months to do it. 
I gave myself plenty of time to figure out the cover of the book, which I thought was going to be the best thing in the world. It had to be perfect. I needed it to be the perfect representation of who I was as a designer. Two months should have been ample time. Two months were up and I had nothing. And I just felt like I was a failure. You know what I mean? And I took it personally. I So like, it's just like, okay, well, I'm a fraud. I don't deserve to have this because obviously I can't even achieve this one simple task. You know? But that's just kind of what it comes down to. And then when you're able to figure it out and succeed, then it's the highest of the highs. Yeah, yeah. You know? Then you're just like, I am worth something. This, this I was doing it right. It's, this was all worth something. You know? It feels good. It, you know what? We recently both had projects like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have it all the time. But I was talking to you while you were showing me a project where you kind of, kind of that happened to you. Mm-hmm. And then it happened to me, and I was like, "Fuck, that feels so good." Is when you like pour yourself into something, mm-hmm. and then it just it's like it works. It makes you feel like you're worth something. Yeah, it does. It does. You don't need to be paid a million dollars or to have a thousand awards. To feel like you're worth something because I've gotten awards for stuff. I've gotten jobs that have paid well. They feel good for a second and then they mean nothing. Mm -hmm. When you struggle for months and then figure something out, you could ride that for a long time and that'll make you, that'll let you coast through a lot of work, you know? Yeah. So to me, you know, putting your all into it is, is hard, but it is worth it. Find what you love and let it kill you. Mm. You're definitely doing that. Yes. Yes. I have, my wife tells me on a daily basis uh, that I need to, sometimes sometimes almost that I need to maybe slow it down Mm -hmm. because I go so hard and fast into what I do and I do put so much into it that like I can definitely feel it affect my body. You know, like the other night, Friday night, it's been such a, it's been such a whirlwind doing the book stuff, the book tour, doing like all the client work that we've had lined up and that we've been doing over the summer and trying to get things wrapped up as we start new things. Um, and just, you know, being a dad and trying to put my all into that. And of course it was Halloween. So we had a lot of stuff to do together. Um, and by, by the time Friday night hit, I could literally feel each and every one of my organs inside my body shut down. Like I could feel like like systematically like like there was like some little person in in like my ankle with like a big switchboard like shutting each <laughs> each lever down you know like yeah. like the I could feel the lights go off in each sector of my body and I knew I had to just stop and just take it easy and just relax because I could have like I feel like there was so much more I wanted to do Friday night and things that we've been working on things that are going on in the studio that I wanted to accomplish. But at some point you gotta take a you gotta take a step back and just like recharge. Yeah. And the recharging is my least favorite thing because I don't wanna recharge. I just wanna be able to go and go and go and go and go. Um yeah, if I did, can. it probably would kill me. Yeah. You know? I'm lucky to say that though. I mean, I'm not fighting for my life. I say I I always have to preface that though. Because so many people don't have the opportunity to do what we do. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to remember that. So it's like every time you're stressing a deadline or like a bad idea or some shit, like that is a, it's just like a small portion of what living is, you know? Like there's literally people fighting for their lives 
trying to escape terror and horror every single day. And they don't have the opportunity to find what they love and let them kill them because other things are trying to kill them. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to always remember that too. If you let that kind of hang in the back of your head, if you're lucky enough to worry about what you do for a living in this way that we talk about every day, yeah, um, you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you're lucky to be able to say that. I mean, even people who are in our world can't even say that because they're fighting against other things. You know, certain like discriminations or predispositions towards certain things because of how you look or how you are or where you come from. You know, like it, it's there's so many things that people have to battle to to even get to this point to ask a question about style or uh, you know putting a portfolio together. You know, it's it, there's so many. It's just like life is not easy. And if you're lucky enough to say that, you got, you have to remember that that gives you such an upper hand on yeah. the rest of the world. It's like it's not that bad, you know. Like it's it's not that bad. Like you can you can go as hard as you want because guess what? Like your life is still pretty good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really like I always let that hang and I always let that hang over my head because. I, you know, I, I've seen that shit, you know, like I have a brother that, that has Down syndrome. I see that there are things that he wants to do that he has a hard time doing because he's physically incapable of doing it. Yeah. You know, and I was hanging out with him yesterday. It was his birthday. And, you know, I, I could tell he's frustrated by things and that's tough, man. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have the ability to worry about style and shit like that. He's got other stuff to battle and, and the way that the world perceives him and, and who wants to be nice to him and who doesn't want to be nice to him. Like, I don't have to worry about that. No, we don't worry about affect, that Because it doesn't affect, yeah, it doesn't yeah. affect me like that. You know, that's easy for us. Yeah. You know, so um, keeping that greater conversation in your head, I think always helps keep you grounded for when these things are really, really hitting you hard. It's just like, listen, people got it much worse than, than I do right now. Yeah. You know, um, so if you have the opportunity to find something you love and let it kill you, fucking let it kill you, man. Yeah. Go for it. If you could put that much of your life into it, you 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 you've you've won. Yeah. You know. That's what I say. I feel I feel lucky. I have a great family. I get to do what I love. I, I don't know if I if I was born in a different time in a different place, if I would have the opportunity to do that, and I'm lucky to be able to say that. Yeah, I think that's the problem is that I feel lucky and at, at times I feel like maybe not deserving of a situation that I'm in. If that makes I, don't, sense. I mean, nobody deserves anything. You're not, yeah. you're not owed anything. Yeah, you know? maybe that's the most important part, right? Is to know that we don't deserve shit. Yeah, I mean, what you are is you're lucky. You're not deserving. Yeah. You know, and I always, like, you know, there's a lot of people who are just like, man, I got tough luck. Like, I, me and my family always talk about that. It's like nothing comes easy. But you yeah. know what? It still comes because we still work hard and we have the chance to work hard and we can still, we can still have the opportunity to make it happen. Yeah. So that's still lucky. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a really complicated um, discussion, but at the same time, it's not. Yeah. You know, because it, it's in reality, it's not life and death. In reality, it's a choice. And anything that's a choice is, yeah, yeah it's pretty good. If it is, if there's no choice, then that sucks because yeah. everyone should be able to have the opportunity to have a choice. Yeah. Thanks for making me feel like a, Privileged piece of shit. Yeah, well, at least you missed a tooth. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm not. <laughs> I'm literally working so hard, I'm rotting. <laughs> As you put the straw in your tooth hole. Oh, so gross.
All right, uh, Hot Minute's coming to an end with this last question here. Hot Minute. I think Hot Minute was the whole episode. Yeah. We could just call this episode an introduction to Hot Minute. (laughs) (laughs) Through your hard work, you're in the fortunate position that clients come to you because they want the Contino style, which is the goal for many designers. Now, I know that you should put the type of work out there you want to do more of, what if the majority of clients you have don't want that type of work or it isn't appropriate for them? Most less established designers can't turn away work that doesn't lend itself to their preferred style and it'd be wrong to force it. Do you have any advice for people in that situation? Do you like the way I said situation and just whistled through? Yeah, that was nice. Situation. Situation. <laughs> situation. <laughs> uh, is it about doing personal projects and would you keep good work out of your portfolio because it doesn't fit what you want to be doing more of this is a good question because this is i live through this mm-hmm. like this is i i feel like a lot of people look at me and they're just like well people hire him because of what he does yeah but i live through this just like everybody else lived through this i never like i did a, a whole bunch of shit before people started hiring me for good yeah. um and the way the way i did it um was we had our stu- so it was broken up a little bit for me, but I wouldn't change the way I did it. Um, we had our studio where we were doing generic client work. Some was cool, most wasn't. So what we did was make our studio website look as good as we could while still showing the diversity in work, for lack of a better word, right? Um, what it, what happened to us, though, was that we ended up doing the clothing company, and then I put up my freelance portfolio separate, which was the work that I wanted to be doing. Now, I had the clothing company as the buffer in between corporate work versus fun work. Um, So there was that jump. But if I were to do that today, what I would do is basically split myself in two and create two separate identities. So if you are, it's basically the same as anyone who works for a company and says, I want to go freelance. How do I do it? My suggestion is always take the freelance outside of work. Do the stuff outside of work that you feel like is more in your world, the thing that you want to be doing every day. Do your nine to five during the day, whatever. Live both of those worlds until the other one takes over the first one. And then you can leave the corporate world and go into your own world and live life the way you want to live it. Um, I would say the same thing for this, for freelancers who want to be doing more of their style and less of generic stuff, is split them up into two. You know, create, you know, you know, Brent the intern LLC versus, you know, fucking wildcard Brent dot XYZ. Dude, no you know one's hiring I mean? either one of those. No, 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 no. Not with, <laughs> not with that grill. <laughs> but like, if you, like, I think about doing stuff like that all the time. Like, even now, I'm, it's not that I don't get to do cool stuff, but there's always ways I want to expand, yeah. you know? And if it's a personal project, if it's like, a little, it's a little web shop that you sell prints in or whatever. If you are able to make a distinction between here's the business side of me and here's the cool creative side of me, people will eventually find the cool creative side and want more and more as long as you're consistent with it. If you're consistent and you show growth, then that will eventually pick up some traction if you're promoting it the same way as you would with your regular business stuff. So yeah, like you know, I'm not saying you just drop everything that you got and just be like, here, I'm going to only, you know, draw with like 
like 10 pink Sharpies at the same time, you know, and that's going to be my new style. And if people don't like it, then I refuse to do work. Like, no, you can't just do that, but you can do it on the side while you're doing the other shit. And eventually as you develop it and turn it into more of a thing, people will definitely start to notice it more because they'll know you from working with your other thing. They'll see you as you promote it from a separate perspective, maybe on different media, like social media channels or different, you know, any type of different alternate means of um, promotion for that thing, people will start to pick up on. So the more and more you're able to do that, um, the more it will gain like, like grounds to become a significant portion of your work. And more and more people will, will begin to see that the more and more it exists. And you'll start getting those emails about like, I want it like your cool work, not like your corporate work. And, and that's just kind of how it works. And it, in my experience and the experience of a lot of people I know that do the type of work that they've always wanted to do, that's how they did it. So it can be a personal project. It can be a t-shirt company. It could be uh, like a like art prints. It could be, I mean, whatever. You could just ma be making like enamel pins left and right. Like anything that's like kind of easy for you to do and to do a lot of to show what you're capable of on the cool side of things is the best way to get that going. So it's, it's, it, all it is is just basically creating a sub-brand. Think of it like that. Create a sub-brand or create um, – do like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing, you know, where you're just like these two separate people and they don't have to be related. You don't have to connect the two. You don't have to have like, like corporate studio.com and then have a link to like crazy wild artwork.net and have them interconnect. Like it doesn't have to be like that. Just let them live separately and promote them separately and just see like, what is the response to the, to the crazy stuff? Do people really love it? Great. If they do keep, keep, keep going with it. If they don't keep experimenting with it until something clicks and you feel like you've hit your stride or people really appreciate what you're doing or whatever, just don't, don't ever disallow yourself from being creative how you want to be creative. All you need to do is create a separate outlet. outlet. Like at any time, you can basically just say, like think of it as storefronts, right? Mm. If, you, if you had an entire strip mall and, and one of them is like a chiropractor. And then the next one is like, like a foot doctor. You're just like, oh man, I'm going to have to put like, like a, like a, um, an eye doctor in here. And I'm going to have to put like a, like a fucking pharmacy in here. You're just like this, this strip mall is no fun. It doesn't have to be like that. There's all these empty storefronts. You could put like a comic book store in there. You know, you could put like a, a sneaker store in there. You could put all sorts of different things in there. They can all live within the same unit, but they're all separate individual pieces that have their own separate individual voices and experiences within. And the people who are interested in each one will go to those and will want from those things. And since they are connected, maybe they will see bits and pieces of the other one and then want to explore further into those as well. Like maybe the corporate people will see your crazy stuff and be like, you know what? I didn't know you could do this. I do want more of that. Or maybe the other way, the people who do the crazy stuff is just like, hey, I also do this. Can you help me with this? I know you're able to kind of scale it back, but I really want your vision for this. You know, can you do creative corporate? Um, and it kind of allows you to do all those things um, without sacrificing who you are as an individual or sacrificing your income. So every time you have an idea, just buy a new domain, make a new idea. You know, what is it, $8.99? Man, I barely got time to promote myself.
but that's not your fault. That, I mean, that's that's your fault. Like, it's, no, it's no, because, no, I'm gonna go with number no, one. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's your fault. It's your fault. It's because you don't. If you don't have time, that's a different story. You have to be able to make time. Yeah. You have to be able to make time. If it's something you really want to do, you'll find the time. You just got to figure out how to do it. So I have a lot of projects that I want to start that I know like the dedication that it's going to take for me to get those things done Mm -hmm. is going to like derail what I'm doing now in design. So I know I can't, I can't start them. Well, then it's, then it's just a matter of scheduling. You got to put yourself on deadlines. You got to You got to say this thing's got to be done by next Wednesday. It has to be done by next Wednesday because if I can't do that by then, I can't do my next thing. And if I can't do my next thing, I'm never going to get to the thing that I really want to do. You know? Yeah. I just find though, I just start. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then I guess if I'm not making time for it, do I even really actually yeah, want it? Yeah, right. Do you really even want it? I know that if there's an idea that I want to do, it's getting done. I'll find the time to do it. I don't care if I'm doing it at 4 o'clock in the morning. Because as soon as I'm locked in, I'm doing it. I don't have to sleep. You know? I the Getting the idea out is, is something that I physically need to do more than sleep. Yeah. Because it just rattles around in my head. And I just have to get up and I have to execute it. You know? Like, if you want to do it, you'll find a way to get it done. Yeah. If you don't really want to do it, then it's just going to sit there and it's just going to linger and you're just going to complain about it forever. You'll be like, ah, you know, I could have been great. I think most of them are probably what you've talked about, which are just like, uh, it's funner to, to, to come up with projects and ideas. Sometimes you don't even have to go through with them. Right. I think that's, that's what a lot of my, my stupid ideas are. It is, but sometimes it's fun to just at least try it. Mm -hmm. Some of those stupid ideas really turn into something. Other ones are just like, whatever, this was, this absolutely was a stupid idea and there's no reason why I should be doing it in the first place. You know, but it's yeah. worth a try. Everything's always worth a try. Man, your face is just. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting entirely behind the screen over the mic right now. <laughs> I look like a, like a mystery. Uh, like I'm like I'm about to tell you a secret about like some kind of government agency. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely obscured by a mic and a black spin screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's where it's at yeah man <laughs> hot minute hot minute that's a hot minute episode hot 60 minutes hot, <laughs> hot 90 minutes yeah. i don't know whatever we're at hot 240 minutes yeah oh man all right well i'm tired <laughs> yeah this is coming out on monday i'm gonna be in albany on monday have fun uh promoing Albany, New York, uh, promoting Brand by Hand. Going to be doing a little little talk, a little Q&A, a little book signing. Um, should be fun. And then I, got a, then I got about a week break, and then I'm heading to Charlotte, North Carolina, AIGA. And then I'm headed to P's and Q's in Philadelphia um, on December 6th. So I'll be posting about that online. So if you, if you live near or in any of those places... Come and say what's up. And if you have a message for me to pass on to Brent, um, I am accepting uh, envelopes full of anthrax that I can send to him. <laughs> uh, so that's all good. If you want to give him fake teeth or brushing tips, 
also find. <laughs> and then, of course, um, if you would feel so kind to rate and review the podcast and the book on Amazon, um, that would be great. I hate to ask, but I will continue to ask every single day so that I can beat the algorithm finally. That's what I want to do on my deathbed. And people say, what What did you do that you're most proud of? I will raise my hand and I'll say, I beat the goddamn algorithm. Wait, why do you, ra- why do you raise your hand? Are there like other like, dying people around you? No, no, I'm raising my hand like number one. Like I'm number one. Oh. Like I'm, ra- I'm raising my hand like I'm number one. Sorry, I forgot this is an audio-only podcast. I'm raising it. I'm number one. I said I beat the goddamn algorithm by begging people to rate and review my books and my podcasts. <laughs> Dude, it sucks that, that that's even something that you got to do. I know. I wish it was just like, hey, people like this, and that's why they listen to it, instead of just like, hey, people like this, but guess what? You don't you don't qualify for X, Y, and Z because people don't follow these stupid rules, so we're just going to bury it, Yeah. and then no one will be able to find it, even if they try to search it. Like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. It... Bullshit. This is, this is a Terminator 2 scenario here. Do you know what that reference is? The computer's taking over. I just, I, I, I'm not even going to try and wait for you to guess it. Termin, Terminator. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, Brand by Hand again is available at Amazon, and if you go to contino.book.com, this week we will be launching the uh, signed packs of everything. Check us out at Contino Studio on Instagram um, or my personal account at John Contino. And then if you have questions, comments, or mean things to say to Brent. Uh, go to nosecast.com and leave more nice them. things. Or nice things. Has anyone? I, I don't. Have we got yeah, a we nice got, thing? Yeah, we got a slew of nice ones. No, I delete them. I, I delete them <laughs> instantly so you can't read them. Um, yeah, so uh, only mean things. Only mean things. All right, thanks for listening to everybody. Uh, catch you next week. Stay up! Frozen, break that power, blast the truth!